Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Here in the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny USA, in the home of the Dan Tortora Special. I'm very proud at this part of the show to bring you Fantasy Football Friday. Fantasy Football Friday all content on fantasy football, the NFL. We're here with Mike Sofka every single week, my co-host. You know that Florida is the second home of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. So I'm up in central New York, and Mike's down in central Florida. We bring it all together every Friday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern time right here for you on mixlr.com backslash DT. And this is proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York. The Wildcat is the home of the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge. We have drafts going on Saturday and Sunday, Saturday, August 26th, and Sunday, August 22nd, 27th, pardon me, noon and 5 p.m. for both days. Saturday, August 26th, noon and 5, Sunday, August 27th, noon and 5 as well. If you have not signed up for it, make sure you do so on wakeupcalldt.com. All you have to do is go to the homepage, wakeupcalldt.com, and go to what's happening and fill it out there. Your name, your email, and just fantasy football in the message portion of it. I'll know what you mean, and we will sign you up and get back to you immediately. So we have just a few spots left, very minimal spacing left. So if you want to get in, the time to do it is this morning. Make sure that you join Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge, which will be held at the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus with the NFL ticket and so much more. A great food, great atmosphere, great people, great owner. Very much looking forward to the opportunity of bringing you all there this year for our four leagues as we move forward. And, of course, Fantasy Football Friday segment is also brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub. So, with that being said, Mike Sofka is on the line with me. And first and foremost, Mike, how you been? Doing well, man. And, and uh, first and foremost, uh, I want to kind of, you know, as far as topics that we're going to discuss for today, we have to discuss the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room is obviously the fact that Ryan Tannehill, who has had his moments with the Miami Dolphins, there was a time when he came in as a rookie where there was high expectation. Then expectations were tempered a little bit. And then they started to rise up recently and, you know, as recently as last season when the team made the playoffs, but he got hurt. Well, he got hurt in practice again. They said his knee was a ticking time bomb. So what do you think about Miami and their situation right now without their starting quarterback? Well, we could see smoking Jay Cutler back before he ever makes his debut in the Fox booth on the number two team there at Fox. You know, this is, uh, this is not good when you're going into the season. And, you know, I, and I blame the Dolphins. I blame the Dolphins solely for this because he had a partial ACL tear last year late in the season and he missed a couple games and as it turned out they decided against the surgery. Now had he had the minor surgery last year, it, arguably he could be ready for the opener. But with that in mind, you know, Matt Moore is not the guy. Matt Moore is going to have to be the guy in the interim. They may bring a guy like Kaepernick in, but I don't know with the political baggage. Now, this is a situation where the Dolphins owner came out and applauded Kaepernick and said he would support any of the, the athletes that were on his employ that wanted to kneel for the anthem. And as it turns out, he 
you said you stood behind that, so the owner may stand behind that, but if populace in the Miami area, a lot of Cuban descendants there would probably be against that, because if you remember, you know, Kaepernick sported a, a, a shirt with Fidel Castro, and he supported that whole situation there, so it's got political, it's got everything you want to be a tabloid situation, except it doesn't have anything good for fantasy football. So either way, I would stay away from the quarterback situation in Miami as a whole if I could. I don't think Matt Moore is going to be the answer, but he's going to have to be. Yeah, you know, and it's and that's the thing with, with the whole Colin Kaepernick factor is that, you know, Colin Kaepernick is is somebody who, and again, and I, and I bring this up again and again and again, Colin Kaepernick, if people look at his recent history, and I know, well, he had a couple good games, when he was splitting time with Blaine Gabbert and yada yada yada, but ultimately he did not have a good season this you know this recent season. He has not had a good season in a while since he got figured out in the second half of the Super Bowl. I've said it over and over. Once they figured him out there, they really truly figured him out in a big way, and he's never been a prime time top five, top ten quarterback in the NFL since he got figured out during the Super Bowl against Baltimore. So with that being said, yes, Fidel Castro and all this other stuff that, uh, you know, he's obviously trying to take a, a, a hit. The thing that I don't understand, and I'm not trying to get political about this, I'm just going to state, you know, my case on this. I don't understand the mentality. Now, I understand Colin Kaepernick is, is free speech and freedom to do what he wants to do. He's not out there hurting anybody or causing violence. He's just deciding not to stand for the national anthem. I see it that he's not standing for it because he doesn't agree with it, is what he's saying. I agree with the words of the national anthem. I think some Americans don't live by those words, and people that are racist, prejudiced, disrespectful, ignorant in any way, shape, or form, to me, they don't have any place in the country in and of itself. So I think Colin and I can agree on that. But to not stand up for the national anthem is is to not stand up for America. And then to have Fidel Castro on your shirt is to not stand up for America. So is he essentially being anti-American? And if he's being anti-American, why doesn't he just leave the country and play somewhere else? Yeah, I, I can't speak for Colin Kaepernick back in the day when he was in college. And by the way, he may play somewhere else. He may play in Canada. Um you know, the thing to consider here is I don't remember him being uh, this polarizing when he was in college, this politically stout when he was coming into the NFL or in his early years in the NFL. And I'm not going to give the name. You can Google this yourself. I'm not going to give this person any play, but he's been linked with a certain female, a certain woman who he's associated with. Some say they're dating, what have you. And ever since that situation has come together has been the demise of Colin Kaepernick both on the field and politically with the sensitivity uh, you know and the sentiments he's shown it's it's just hard to understand how one person could influence another person so much but if you google if you google Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend and you start reading about her background and some of the things she does does and says and some of the things she stands for it's 100% of what he's doing. So there's definitely an outside influence. Uh, you know, to each his own, you know, if, if, if that's what he likes and who he likes, you know, God bless him, I'm happy for him. But 
you know, unfortunately, it's 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 been a detriment to his career. And uh, as a fantasy football player, I, I I just don't see any value now. If he does latch on somewhere and he does, you know, catch on on a team somewhere, and maybe there is a chance they catch lightning in a bottle. He's proven in the past he had the athletic ability, but you know, it comes a certain point in time when you know you gotta you, you gotta do what you gotta do for you, not for some other individual. Yeah, you know, and, and I 100% wholeheartedly agree with that. You know, he, he has to live his own life. And unfortunately, I don't know if he's doing that right now. I don't know if his own life is being lived. I don't know if he's, you know, kind of just, you know, scent of a woman and, and he's just kind of connected to that at this point. And that's, you know, that's that's the great detriment to this is, you know, you, you, would, you would like to think that Colin Kaepernick would be focused but, you know, as many men know, some women can take your focus. Some women can, can turn you into something that you don't like. And I'm not saying that she's doing that. I'm just saying that he, he obviously, you know, appears to, to be in, in the company of somebody that maybe isn't healthy for him, maybe isn't healthy for his game, is definitely not healthy for his publicity and his connection to the NFL. So, you know, he's got to think about his career and he's got to think about if he wants to continue to play or – if he just wants to kind of connect himself to this horse and move forward from there. So ultimately, you know, it's, it's, it's up to him what he's going to do, but with Tim Tebow and, and with other instances that were totally different teams don't like media frenzy and they don't like to be around that. So it'll be interesting to see how he takes it as he moves forward from here. And, you know, obviously as, as he figures out what's right for him, but outside of that, I mean, I want to look at, free agency is there any other quarterback out there because you know we you could talk about Colin Kaepernick until the cows come home but are there any other free agent quarterbacks that you would even remotely consider for any team right now well you would think the uh, normal names would be Jay Cutler like we mentioned if he's going to unretire I don't think Tony Romo would unretire to go to Miami um, but I don't think that they're that far away they might bring in an rg3 now if you remember rg3 had uh worked out with san diego before they made the play for ej manual and i think that was just for leverage so they could get manual that they brought rg3 in. and from what i heard the workouts were not not good not up to par and it, well, obviously if they were they would have signed them so again uh you know an rg3 you look at them similar skill set to what colin kaepernick bring colin kaepernick brings to the game it just, I think Kaepernick's skills have, have dwindled, and obviously RG3s have as well ever since these uh, these injuries. If you're a scrambling quarterback, if you're a guy that's running, you need your knees, and if you don't have your knees, you're not going to have the same mobility, and, you know, that's that that's both of those guys' game. Uh, now, Jay Cutler would be more of a pocket guy. Uh, it would seem to be more of an ideal situation there. And don't forget, they could possibly make a trade they could trade for somebody. Now, even though Gabbert, Blaine Gabbert, we saw him last night for Arizona, even though he looked good against a bunch of scrubs, this is a guy who could step in as a number two behind him at Moore, get to know the system, and maybe push him by the end of the year. So there's some other possibilities out there on other teams. There'll be some guys that are let go and cut. And, you know, we may see some surprises, but um, the names right now that you'd want to bring in, I don't know if you want any of them, really. Yeah, because when you look at it, I mean, Robert Griffin III, you brought him up. Jay Cutler is quote-unquote retired. Tony Romo is quote-unquote 
retired as well. And, you know, outside of that, you know, there's Nick Schusler, there's Zach Mettenberger, there's Skylar Howard, Christian Ponder, Thad Lewis, and guys like Sean Hill and whatnot. I mean, you know, somebody like Sean Hill has started a game. Thad Lewis has started a game. Christian Ponder has started a game. Zach Mettenberger has started a game. But ultimately, you know, you'd really just kind of beg Tony Romo and Jay Cutler at this point to play for you and come out and, and give you a shot. I mean, the free agency pickings are slim and, and few and far between. But like you said, Mike, there's this opportunity of somebody just letting go of someone. You know, somebody just saying, you know what, we don't we don't need anybody. You know, we, or we don't need what we have. We have too many. I mean, I think, I th- you know, the, the thing with the Cowboys, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to mean this, and it's the first time I probably have ever said this in my life, the Dallas Cowboys are deep. The Dallas Cowboys are deep at quarterback right now. They have Dak Prescott. They have Kellen Moore. Shout out Boise State. They have Luke McCown, and they have Cooper Rush. And Cooper Rush went up against the Syracuse when he played for Central Michigan numerous times. So I got to see him, you know, front and center, firsthand account. So Cooper Rush did some fun things in the Hall of Fame game. Kellen Moore has worked his way from practice squad obscurity to second string. And Luke McCown has been around. Josh McCown, Luke McCown, they've been around for a while. So, you know, I think there's teams like Dallas that could say, you know, maybe Luke McCown is tradable. Maybe that's an opportunity of of somebody to let go out there. You know, Chicago has so many. They have multiple options right now. They have Mark Sanchez, Mitch Trubisky, and Mike Lennon. The thought is that Mike Lennon's going to play, and Mitch Trubisky will take over for him this year if there's problems. If not, then maybe to wait till next year. But then you have a team – like Cincinnati. And if I if, if I was Miami right now, I would look at Cincinnati and I would say, you got Andy Dalton and you've had A.J. McCarron behind him for a really long time. And A.J.'s played some games when Andy's been hurt and A.J. can hold his own and A.J. can get out there and give you a couple touchdowns, maybe a pick or two, but you know he's going to go out there and play a pretty darn decent game. I think A.J. McCarron has got to get to a point in Cincinnati where he's fed up just sitting and waiting. So, I mean, I would make a play for maybe A.J. McCarron at this point, you can make a play for Matt Castle in Tennessee because he's never going to see the field if Marcus Mariota continues to trend up. So I think that there's second-string guys on teams that are worth making a trade for. And, you know, let me just go out on a limb and say this. I don't think Cleveland – I think Cleveland, you know, went and got Brock Osweiler for trade bait. I don't think they got him with the intention of, of having to assume his contract forever. They have Cody Kessler and they have Deshaun Kaiser on the team. So – I think Brock Osweiler's an option. I think Matt Castle's an option. You know, and, and, and I mean, when you when you really break this thing down and you look at it, I think that there's a couple teams out there that are worth talking to. And I think Tennessee with Matt Castle, I think Brock Osweiler with Cleveland, and I think Cincinnati with A.G. McCarron are three opportunities that Miami should take right now. situation makes sense because I think Cody Kessler is the best quarterback on that roster right now. Deshaun Kaiser is obviously going to get his turn. And, but Osweiler's contract is so large, I don't think that Miami's going to take that risk. I don't think they're going to they're going to bankrupt the you know the whole situation on one year here. I think they've got enough talent both running the ball and receiving the ball. And now under the Adam Gase offense, don't forget that's a tight end friendly situation. Julius Thomas back in the fold, and that's where Julius Thomas had success. 
And we all know quarterbacks like that safety valve of the tight end. So, you know, Matt Moore's probably going to be a serviceable guy. Again, not high on the fantasy radar, but, you know, I don't think they're going to overpay for Osweiler. I think it's going to be a, a cut situation, a trade situation. You may even see somebody from Denver go because I think they've got a two-headed monster there now in Simeon and Lynch, and I don't think they're going to – I think they'd rather give up Simeon than Lynch, but I don't think they're going to give up either right now unless the right deal came along. Uh, don't forget Chad Henney has some uh, history with – Miami, and he's the number two in Jacksonville now as well. And just looking around from roster to roster, you had pointed out Dallas, you had pointed out a couple other places. There's there's just not enough good quarterbacks out there. Even the ones that are out there starting on some teams shouldn't be, in my opinion. It's just, you know, it's kind of diluted. Quarterback's a tough thing to do. NFL quarterback is probably one of the hardest things to do, and uh, it takes a unique individual to do that. Yeah, no, and I agree. Speaking here in Fantasy Football Friday, inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, this segment proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus in the Home Depot Plaza. They have, listen, when the weather's nice, you go outside and you can play volleyball at the Wildcat. You wouldn't think that in Central New York, folks, but it is there. The sand is there. The net is there. The volleyball Players are more than willing to go out there and have some fun. So go out there and play some volleyball at the Wildcat Sports Pub while the weather stays pristine. It's been it's been nice. People say it's rained a lot in Syracuse, but when it rains, the sun comes right back out. So, you know, glass half full, people. Enjoy the sun. Enjoy the opportunity. And go out there and, and have some fun at the Wildcat. Play fantasy football with us on August 26th and 27th, our live drafts. Noon and 5 p.m. on Saturday, August 26th. Noon and 5 as well on Sunday, August 27th. Sign up on wakeupcalldt.com where it says what's happening. Fill out your name, your email, and put fantasy football in the message line. Mike Sofka and myself, Dan Satora, speaking on fantasy football and the NFL in general. I want to go to somebody. I want to go back to Tennessee because I brought up Matt Castle and make a move for him because he's just trying to find a home, bouncing all over the place. There's another thing in Tennessee that I find interesting. Now, Tennessee, as you and I joked about last year, had eight running backs on their roster going into training camp. Well, this year they have DeMarco Murray, Derrick Henry. You would expect them to utilize them both. You would expect Derrick Henry to continue to get playing time. DeMarco Murray has resurrected himself in Tennessee, but David Fluellen is there, and this is a guy who could get a shot. Kalfani Muhammad and Akeem Judd are the four and five deep. The person you don't hear on this list is Antonio Andrews. My wife picked him up two years ago, and he did a lot of justice by that pick for her. She got him late. Nobody knew who the hell he was. There was people scrambling, looking through the book, going, who the hell is Antonio Andrews? My wife got him. She picked him up, and he did well. Right now, he's a free agent just hanging out there. So Tennessee running back. Crazy once again, but not Antonio Andrews. Are you surprised that nobody has taken a flyer on this guy who has done some good things, has gotten points for fantasy football, has gotten into the end zone, has gotten you yardage, and he's young? I would I would like to think he's going to end up somewhere for the NFL season, but I mean, I think this is one of those under-the-radar things that I wanted to bring up today to you, Mike, that I'm just very surprised that a guy who was in a rotation in Tennessee, which was a good rotation last year, is now just hanging out there in space. Yeah, well, if you look at you know guys like 
Antonio Andrews. If you look at his career, you would say you would seem that he's somewhat middle of the road, somewhat of an average NFL player. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean it's it's fair to say that you know somewhat average. Yeah. Right. Well, what's the average lifespan of an NFL player? Maybe three to five years. I mean, that's what you're going to get, and that's what makes fantasy football so exciting because you have the elite players, you have the top third of everybody's list or draft sheets, and then you have everybody else. And you have some guys that are on the way up into that elite status, and you have some guys that are on their way down from that elite status. And then you have guys that are going to hang out in that elite status no matter how long they're in the league. So with that in mind, it doesn't surprise me you know, maybe there's an opportunity for him to play somewhere else and then maybe the chips fall the, the right way, you know, and, and maybe he gets a shot, maybe there's an injury and he gets on the field more playing time and, and a career is resurrected. But for the most part, that's the way it goes in the NFL. The NFL, not for long. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it, it is it is a shame, though, that somebody like that, that I feel like was just getting going, doesn't have a place. Speaking on the running back, it's staying with that, though, Washington Redskins – Shout out to a man from a team that that I cover every single year in the American Athletic Conference, and that's the Tulane Green Wave. Robert Kelly has become the number one running back on the depth chart for the Washington Redskins. The former number one as of last year, Matt Jones, is fourth string right now. Robert Kelly, number one. He got to playing time last year, got to do some things. Coming from Tulane, they definitely need the publicity and the opportunity and I think that he can definitely put them on the map and help to bolster up what Willie Fritz is trying to grow in Tulane. What do you think about Robert Kelly first, and then in conjunction with that, what do you think about Matt Jones from starter to fourth stringer? Well, I think Matt Jones is going to have a tough time making the roster. It's just plain and clear. His time is short-lived, just like we talked about not for long in the NFL. The guy I'm most enamored with on the Washington roster in the running back position is Samaje Perrine. He will be the number one running back as early as week two. Now, the reason why I say that is this guy has skills. This guy can stay on the field. He can pass block. He can catch the ball. And I have him ranked actually higher than Rob Kelly by a good 10 to 15 spots on my rankings. Now, neither one ranks very high. I think it's going to be more of a committee situation because then you got to factor in Chris Thompson, the Florida State product. And this is a guy who is no slouch himself. Chris Thompson's primarily the third down back. He's going to be catching a lot of passes. We know that Kirk Cousin likes to throw to the running back. And I, like I said, I'd be surprised if Matt Jones finds a spot on the roster. The only thing that might be able to save him is Keith Marshall went down with an injury here not long ago. Uh, Keith Marshall, the product out of Georgia, and he got Matt Brown on the roster as well. But it's going to be all Samaj Prime. It's going to be all Rob Kelly and all Chris Thompson. Yeah, and it's, it's crazy, but Washington has essentially changed up their entire offense slowly but surely outside of Jordan Reed, and they are now built for speed, and hopefully that will create some comfort for the Washington Redskins fans. Jamison Crowder, who was a return man and a wide receiver at Duke, but known for his returning ability and his ability on special teams, Jamison Crowder is on the roster right now as the slot guy and somebody who has gotten involved more and more in the offense. Very, very quick player out there. Terrell Pryor has been a slash guy. He's been a quarterback. He's been a receiver. He's on the team right now. And Josh Doxson, who was a rookie last year but got injured. So you have a young receiving core 
that has speed and ability in Jamison Crowder. Terrell, Terrell Pryor is going to be your slash guy, and Josh Doxson is going to try and create for you as well, and there's not a lot of film on him in the NFL coming out of TCU because of his injury. So dare I say, does Washington have some type of attractive wide receiving core in fantasy football this year? Yeah, I think Terrell Pryor is going to be the home run guy. He's going to be the deep player. He's going to be the deep ball guy. I think the uh, safety guy or the guy over the middle or the guy that's catching a lot of balls, the Julian Edelman type role, will be that uh, uh, James. uh, Sorry, I'm stuttering here. James Crowder. uh, Josh Dotson is fast, as, as you pointed out. But the whole ideal in in Washington is going to be how does Kirk Cousins get along with these essentially new receivers? This is essentially a new situation for him. He's going to have new faces in the backfield, some new faces in the re- and, and we're going to get to see what happens with Jordan Reed. I mean, Jordan Reed can make the difference here with Kirk Cousins' next contract because Jordan Reed's a guy who normally lines up as a receiver or can play as a receiver, but lines up at tight end and splits out, and he's covered by a linebacker, and it's definitely a mismatch. So we're going to really see what Kirk Cousins is about this year. I think if you're looking for the home run threat or the guy with a with the deep ball, it's Pryor, and I think uh, Crowder, and then Doxon would be the, you know, round out the top three guys there in Washington. Before we take a step aside here inside of Fantasy Football Friday, inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, myself, Dan Tortora and Mike Sofka here on the line co-hosting Fantasy Football Friday as we do every Friday live on MixLR.com backslash DT from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time. The last thing I want to get to before we take a step aside, Los Angeles Rams, Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown, Lance Dunbar, DeMard Lawrence, Aaron Green, Leonard Tillery, Zach Lasky, Justin Davis. I just named every running back currently on the roster. Now, inevitably, somebody's going to get cut, but there are eight running backs on the Rams roster. In my opinion, I feel like they're going to take these seven outside of Todd Gurley and put them all together and try and find a viable number two if Todd Gurley continues to do what he did last year, which was completely crap out. And if that happens, then they have a viable number two that could become a number one. So this looks like, you know, obviously, (laughs) essentially for the Rams – for these other seven guys, it looks like a giant audition through training camp to see who can take Todd Gurley's spot if Todd Gurley continues to flounder. What do you take away from the Rams? Because I named, outside of Lance Dunbar, Lasky, Justin Davis, Aaron Green, Leonard Tillery, DeMar Lawrence, Malcolm Brown, the overwhelming majority of NFL fans, I don't think, know 50% of those people. So what do you think about what the Rams are trying to do? Do you see it the way I see it of let's get as many running backs in training camp as humanly possible to hope to God we can find a diamond in the rough if Todd Gurley decides to have another bad season? Well, you know, we've mentioned it before. Just as it's hard to get that elite status in the NFL, it's just as hard to get on a field in the NFL. And that's why a lot of fans haven't heard of a lot of these guys. I think the guy that could be the scariest of all is Malcolm Brown. I think he's a big back. I think he's the guy that can score touchdowns. I think if you're in a in a uh, league where it's touchdown only, you may take a Malcolm Brown. He may be that goal line guy. Todd Gurley's Todd Gurley. We've seen the ups and downs. He's a little bit too uh, inconsistent for me. You know, he's got all the upside in the world, but if you don't 
continue to escalate and don't continue to climb, you're not doing yourself or the fantasy football you know, teams any good. So I, I think it's all Todd Gurley. It's pretty much going to be how Todd Gurley performs this year. But if you're looking for the dark horse in the running, I say it's Malcolm Brown. I mean, I'd have to agree with you. Malcolm Brown, you know, coming out of Texas, you got to give him a shot. He has tried to find his way. He's been waived. He's been a free agent. He's been this, that, and the other. He's been on the practice squad. So, you know, he's trying to find his footing. And outside of that, you know, physically unable to perform list has Lance Dunbar on it and everybody else just trying to find their space. And I hope to God they do, because at the end of the day, we're, you know, critiquing and analyzing and constructively criticizing the NFL players fantasy football wise. But at the end of the day, I am a supporter of humanity. I am a supporter of what's good. And I am hoping nothing but the absolute best for each of these gentlemen that are trying to realize their dream for themselves and for their families. We will take a step aside here for a fast break on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora and come back with more Fantasy Football Friday in just a moment. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Here on the broadcast, Fantasy Football Friday segment, proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub. Wildcat Sports Pub is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. It is the home of the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Leagues of Central and Upstate New York. We have four leagues currently filling out their draft board, so to speak, in the sense of who's going to be in. So our drafting owners are lining up their spots and lining up when they're going to be drafting. If you want to be a part of it, minimal space is available, folks. Don't wait till the last minute. Don't wait until the day before. Just don't do that to yourselves. WakeUpCallDT.com, go to the What's Happening portion of the homepage and type in your name, your email, and a message saying Fantasy Football or I'm in for Fantasy Football, whatever it may be. Make sure you get in. If you're hoping that a spot will be there for you in the 11th hour, I don't want you to be disappointed. So make sure you sign up, as so many have, and we have our drafts on Saturday, August 26th at noon and 5 p.m., and Sunday, August 27th at noon and 5 p.m. So make sure that you jump in and become a part of the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge. And Mike Sofka, who is my co-host for Fantasy Football Friday, has also been with me, and this is our eighth year, I believe, 
in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge of Orlando, Florida, and I am ecstatic to be back with him once again and be a part of this. So we've spoken about, uh, we, we went before we went to the fast break, we were talking on the Rams, and the Rams are in the same division as this team called the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know if you've heard of this team before. They quit playing football in the late 90s. And uh, so, but the San Francisco 49ers, all jokes aside, but a lot of truth to it. I mean, they were very, very, very good and in the 90s and the 80s, and, and here we are today in 2017. A little bit of a different story. A lot of fans are hoping that the San Francisco 49ers, who were known to have Candlestick Park, will actually light a fire under this team and get something going because the flame has been out for a while. Their quarterback situation is suspect. Brian Hoyer and Matt Barkley are two moves that they made in free agency that I don't think anybody stopped them from doing. Those were the two backup quarterbacks to Jay Cutler in Chicago last year. So they essentially brought in Jay Cutler's second-string guy, Brian Hoyer, and third-string guy, Matt Barkley. Then they went and drafted C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins, who have never played a game, and they've thrown them all together on a team. And the offensive coordinator of this team is the head coach and Kyle Shanahan. So you have to hope that Kyle Shanahan knows what he's doing overall. You have to know, you have to hope that he knows what he's doing as the offensive coordinator. He's pulling double duty on a team that has two rookie quarterbacks and two backup quarterbacks and do not have a quarterback on their roster that started in the NFL last season at the beginning of the year. So with that being said, I open up this conundrum to my partner here, Mike Sofka. Mike, let's start with the quarterback and start with the fact of none of these four gentlemen having been a declared starter at the start of last season. Yeah, it's a rough situation to be in if you're a 49er fan or if you're looking to draft anybody from the 49ers in your fantasy league. You may stay away from the quarterback position and on the flip side of that, you may stay away from the wide receiver position, too. So, you know, because it's a challenge when you have somebody that may not get you the ball, and it's a challenge when you're throwing to somebody that may not catch the ball. So I think this rounds out to a running situation for San Francisco. There could be some value there, but it's not in who you think. Everybody thinks Carlos Hyde is the man there, but he's fallen out of favor with the, with the coaches and the staff there. It's going to be by the end of the year, and if not well before then, mid-year, Joe Williams. Joseph Sterling Williams. I want you to remember that name. Joseph Sterling Williams. Now, he just goes by Joe Williams, but this is a kid out of Utah who could take over that starting job. He was drafted in the fourth round for a reason. This is a guy that can get it done. So that would be a shining spot on the 49ers. And then in the tight end position, another young guy, George Kittle. Looks like he could take over the tight end spot for Vance McDonald, if not, if not later, sooner. It could be as early as week one. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think Carlos Hyde is obviously in trouble with his job as of right now. You know, he was the one bright spot on a team that was very dim last season. Tim Hightower was getting some things done when he was in New Orleans, but that went away. So, you know, Joe Williams... We'll see where he goes from here if he can win this starting job. I think he's got a better shot at winning this one than he does in a lot of other positions around the country. Not saying to to his talent. I'm saying if you're a rookie and you're on a team right now, San Fran is a prime place to be. Now, wide receiver-wise, they did make some moves. 
They got Marquise Goodwin, who was like a four wide receiver or three on the roster of the Buffalo Bills unless people were injured. So Marquise Goodwin is on the team from the Bills. Pierre Garçon is on the team from Washington. Eldrick Robinson is on the team from Atlanta. Jeremy Curley is on the team from Detroit. So, you know, with that being said, you know, these are – Curley is is not usually a starting guy. Eldrick Robinson was three or four down. Marquise Goodwin was three or four down. And Pierre Garçon was a starter on this. And then you have Aaron Burbridge on the team. And then they went and drafted Victor Bolden Jr. and Trent Taylor as well as Tim Patrick and Kendrick Bourne. And then they have DeAndre Carter on the team. So – and Lewis Murphy. There's a lot of names on this team. DeAndre Smelter, a lot of wide receiver names on this team. You would like to think that the starters would probably be Jeremy Curley and Pierre Garçon, but unless some of these rookies step up and unless some of these unrestricted free agents come to fruition on this team in a good way, you know, we're looking at a, a, a team that doesn't have a quarterback that I would trust in fantasy football and wide receivers that unless somebody gives some help to Pierre Garcon and Jeremy Curley, could be a long season for anybody that drafts them as well. Yeah, I think the Niners know what they're getting into. They went out and got Kyle Jusick, a uh, fullback from Baltimore. So that shows more of a dedication to the run game, if you ask me. I think they know that that's going to be their strength. That's going to be their play. And you have to run the ball in the NFL. If you want to be successful, you have to run the ball. You know, a lot of times people who don't know the game very well will wonder – why do they run it straight up the middle two or three times again? Because you have to do that to keep the defense balanced. You have to do that to keep the defense honest. If they know you're never going to run it up the middle, even though you're only going to get a yard or two, well, then they're not going to look for that, and they're going to double-team everybody on the outside or look for the outside play. So you got to keep the defenses honest. The defenses are so fast in the NFL, and I think the Niners are smart in the fact that they went out and got a Kyle Jusick because you know, that can shore up their running game a little bit. And what better situation to have if you know you're going to run the game than to have your starter and then have a rookie coming in that can compete with that starter. So I think that that's going to be the key to it. Uh, there's going to be some short passes to the tight ends, whether it's McDonald, Selleck, or Kittle. I, again, I think it's going to be Kittle. Um, and don't forget they brought Logan Paulson, Paulson over as well. So, you know, this is a situation where the quarterback's going to find that safety valve in the tight end. George Kittle's definitely that dark horse, but like we said, they're going to run the ball, and they're going to run the ball, and when they're done running the ball, they're going to run the ball some more. Yeah, and last year, it did some good things in moments for those that owned Carlos Hyde in fantasy football, but, you know, this is this, this quarterback group is going to have to give some type of help to the running game if Joe Williams, Carlos Hyde, Tim Hightower, any of these guys – want to really become a catalyst on your fantasy football team in San Francisco. I mean San Francisco it was it was a it was a you know what show last year and and it just looks even more so like that right now because the guy that's supposed to be running your offense is a giant question mark. Now Brian Hoyer is not a bad quarterback. It's just Chicago literally had one of the worst offenses in the country last year. And Brian Hoyer was backing up Jay Cutler, and Matt Barkley was backing up Brian Hoyer, who was backing up Jay Cutler. Why, in your infinite wisdom, you would say, hey, well, let's go to Chicago with that Jay Cutler guy who's not working out, and let's go get his two backups, throw him on our team, 
I mean, money-wise, I'm sure it was smart because they, they probably didn't cost that much at all. But outside of that, I don't get the uh, reasoning for it. I want to stay with running backs because that's been a theme of today for Mike Sofka and myself, Dan Tortora, in Fantasy Football Friday, speaking here with you inside a wake-up call with Dan Tortora. This segment proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub, the home of fantasy football, the home of your NFL watching days, the home of NFL Sunday ticket, great food, great atmosphere, and these fries that are called Kama Fries. They look like they look like potato chips, but then they look like a fry. They're seasoned extremely well. They're called Kamas. You got to go out and get them there. Nobody else makes them like this anywhere I've ever been. So if you want to have an interesting spin on something that all fans love when they're watching the NFL, head out to the Wildcat Sports Pub for the food, the drinks, the atmosphere, a family-friendly bar, which is extremely hard to find in the world, and so much more. Go out to the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, 3680 Milton Avenue, inside of the Home Depot Plaza. Keeping with the running backs, Mike, I want to go to Detroit. Amir Abdullah, two years ago, was supposed to be this amazing guy, right? Supposed to be this rookie that came out. I took a flyer on him in the middle of one of my fantasy football drafts, and I said, you know, he's going to be one of these guys that's going to show up as a rookie. He's going to take over. He's going to get it done. Didn't happen. Last year he got hurt. Theo Riddick has played with broken fingers, sprained this, sprained that, and eventually goes out for the season. You have somebody like Zach Zenner, who has played a little bit for the team in cleanup time. And you have Dwayne Washington, who emerged as the potential starter, but he got hurt last year too. You got Mike James, who's coming over from San Fran. And you have Tyon Green, who has come to the team this year as a rookie. So, what do you think about Detroit? Is is there anybody worth taking? I mean, I know Theo Riddick is a waiver wire guy who people run after in emergency situations the last two years. But can Amir Abdullah really be something special this year? I mean, Matt Asiata is what he's supposed to be. He's a fullback now. So Amir is going to have somebody blocking for him. But what do you think about the conundrum of Amir Abdullah in two years under his belt where he's been injured and when he's been healthy, he hasn't been that great? Well, I think Amir Abdullah is, as he goes, so goes Detroit this year. Theoretic's always been the consistent answer there. He's been able to stay relatively injury-free compared to Amir Abdullah. Amir Abdullah has all the skills, has all the upside. I can remember watching him play in college in Nebraska thinking this guy is going to be something else. You know, I, but he hasn't proved it yet. He hasn't been on the field enough to prove it yet. And I saw him coming a couple years ago here, and I invested in him as well, and I was disappointed as well. Right now I got him going in the middle of the sixth round. He's the number 30 overall running back on my list, though, on a standard draft. Theoretic might be the guy to get if you're looking for pass catching, if you're in a PPR league, simply because I think he's going to be more of the third down guy. Um, you know, they got an interesting mix depending on how they use those guys. They do have a couple relatively strong receivers and a decent tight end. So if they manage this running game correctly, it's going to be more of a committee than anything. But if they manage it correctly, it'll be great for their team, but just not so great for fantasy football players. Yeah, you know, and that's and that, that's the thing is is that I just feel like Amir Abdullah. You want him to be that guy, but he's you know he's in that 
Matt Jones area right now. If he has another bad season this year, or if he gets hurt again, he might go from starter to third string, fourth string, and you know, and, and everything changes, and then he's a bust of a draft pick for the Detroit Lions. And going over to Tampa Bay, so I mean, I I, I question if I'm going to pick up Amir Abdullah, I'm going to do it really really late. That's what I'll say. And as far as Tampa Bay goes, Doug Martin, you know, they believe in this guy. They spent a ton of money on this guy. I don't understand it. Charles Sims, when he's been allowed to play and get somewhat comfortable on the field with the amount of carries, he's been good. Jacquez Rogers, same thing. When he's been on the field and been trusted, he's been good. What can you say about this conundrum? Because people get trigger happy on Doug Martin and they want to pick him up in the first four or five rounds. But Charles Sims and Jacquez Rogers eventually see the field. But, I mean, Jacquez Rogers and Charles Sims, are they worth picking up in the draft or are they worth just kind of waiting for? Because if my feet were to the fire right now, I would say put Jacquez Rogers out there. But that's not going to happen with Tampa Bay at the start of the season unless something crazy happens in training camp. So, uh, I mean, I think this is another conundrum. I think Jacquez has had the most success recently. Charles Sims has been able to catch out of the backfield. How do you look at it? I mean, this this Tampa Bay thing seems to be, you know, they believe in Doug Martin, but do you believe in Doug Martin? Well, Doug Martin's going to be suspended for the first three games of the season, so from the uh, substance abuse allegation, something in the medicine, yada, 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 it doesn't matter. He's not going to be playing the first three games. It looks like Jacquez Rogers will be the guy to fill in I'm not sure he's capable of being the every down back. They're going to mix it up with Charles Sims, who is on his way down, if you ask me. I think this is a guy that everybody's been saying, oh, look at all the upside, look at all the upside. And he just hasn't been able to do much when he's been on the field, and he's had a hard time staying on the field. You take a look at some newcomers here. You take a look at some guys that have been around a bit. You look at a Jeremy McNichols, who they have high hopes for long-term that they brought in. And a Peyton Barber, this is a big bruising guy, so he could be the goal line guy. So I would tread lightly when it comes to Tampa Bay running backs. However, I think if you can steal Doug Martin, if you can get him in the eighth or ninth round, you want to take him. I got him going to average draft position of the first couple picks in the seventh round. Tampa's come out and said that he's not guaranteed the starting job when he comes back from his suspension. But I think they're going to welcome him back with open arms because I don't think Sims and Rogers and company is going to be able to get much done without, you know, with, without Martin. Martin is the guy who leads that whole thing. So I think Martin's going to have a better year than people think if you can justify those first couple weeks missing in action because then when you factor in their bye week, you, you know, you're going to miss a guy for four weeks. So he's, his bye is in week 11. So you're going to miss the first three weeks and week 11 when you could possibly you know, need a game, punch time to qualify for the playoffs in your league. So, Trent Lightly, if you could steal Doug Martin, go ahead, but I wouldn't overperform. Yeah, you know, I I understand that, and I get that, and I tend to stay away from Tampa Bay because of that. I had a rule of never drafting Doug Martin, and then I drafted him, and then I was very mad at myself. So, I just I, – I would steer clear personally from Tampa Bay. I would wait and see when Jacquez Rogers starts to play – you know they're going to get they're going to get time. Sims and Rogers are going to get time in the first couple of weeks. I would anticipate. So you know maybe it's a good pickup, but don't waste a draft pick on it. Maybe just grab them. You know after week one, see how it 
shakes out how much they're utilizing them. I mean, obviously, Jameis Winston wants to throw the ball, and he's got weapons, so you got to look at that, too. Speaking here with Mike Sofka, myself, Dan Tortora, Fantasy Football Friday inside a wake-up call with Dan Tortora. Segment proudly brought to you by Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, the home of every single sporting event. When you want to go see something, go hang out right there. NFL, that is our hub. Fantasy Football Hub this year is right at the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, the singular home of the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge. Before we take our final fast break of the show, keeping with the running backs, Indianapolis, Frank Gore, who is, I think this year he turned 75, and Robert Turbin, who has been all over the place, Marlon Mack, third stringer right now on the depth chart, Marlon Mack, drafted guy out of South Florida, like him, love him, got to have it. Quentin Flowers and him were a nice one-two punch in the running game. I think Marlon Marlon Mack is a bruiser. He's got the body for it. He's got the ability for it. And I think that he could have some fantasy implications this year because I think he could take this starting job away. What do you think about Marlon Mack? Yeah, I like Marlon Mack a lot. I think this is a guy that if you're in a dynasty league, you have to take. And if you're looking for a guy that may be able to spark something on your team late in the year when you need it desperately, when you need a spark. If you've got a deep enough bench, this is the guy you want to keep on your bench. Frank Gore is getting a little long in the tooth. Frank Gore has been a heck of a ball player. He's had many injuries in college and in the pros, yet he still keeps coming back. And that Indianapolis line is a sieve. Let's face it. It's they haven't done themselves any favors there recently. They have some great receivers. They have a you know a couple good players. They have an outstanding quarterback. They got another great tight end, and they got a real good dark horse tight end in Mo Alley Cox, the basketball player, uh, basketball player coming in trying to fit that mold of those guys like Antonio Gates and so forth who play basketball and then come into the NFL as a tight end. He got some moves, got some got some pieces around him, but. Marwin Mack is a guy I would definitely hang on to. Frank Gore, if you can steal him, that's great. I got him going in the seventh round right now. But Marwin Mack is the guy for dynasty and for long term. Yeah, you know, and and I do. I think he's one of those guys that people are going to forget about or not even know is right there, and I think that he's someone that can have some good fantasy implications going forward. And speaking of going forward, we'll take our final fast break of the show today and come right back to wrap things up with Fantasy Football Friday and Wake Up Call in general. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. 
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to be here with you, as always, and we are rounding out today's show. We have one more topic to talk about. Running backs seem to be the way that we have went with today's show, so I figured we should we might as well stay with it. Mike Sofka and myself, Dan Satora, and Fantasy Football Friday inside of Wake Up Call, proudly pre- presented to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub when it comes to a family-friendly sports bar with any drink you can imagine, as well as the NFL Sunday ticket, great food, and time to spend with the kids, as well as sit there and draft your fantasy football team, hang out with the guys, hang out with the ladies, whatever it may be. There are so many different things that come together at the Wildcat Sports Pub, and that's because they present themselves as a family-friendly, community-driven sports bar. And as easy as that sounds, so many places don't do it that way. So I want to thank Danny and Heather Tome and their entire team for how they run their business, and we're very happy to be partnered with them. Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, 3680 Milton Avenue, Camillus, New York, Home Depot Plaza. Final topic, staying with running backs. I'm going to let Mike take the command on this one because I asked him during the break to give me one more team that he really wanted to get into running back-wise. So Mike has chosen a team, and Mike, take it away. Yeah, Philadelphia Eagles, I think this is an excellent opportunity for a few guys and not so much for some others. they got a crowded backfield. Garrett Blunt led the NFL in touchdowns. This is obviously the touchdown machine there that they're counting on. Of course, uh, Darren Sproles will be that lightning to the thunder, if you would, where you know he's that little scat-back type kind of guy. He's the guy that they're going to dump the ball off to on screens. He's the guy that may line up in the slot. He's the all-over-the-field guy. But they drafted a guy who's much in the same mold as Darren Sproles and Donnell Pumphrey out of San Diego State. This is a guy I would keep my eye on. This is a guy for Dynasty Leagues. This is a guy that can do it all. I don't think he's going to necessarily go out and wow everybody right away, but if they give him the opportunity, he just might. And surprisingly, a guy who has had injuries and a guy who everybody thought was going to be the bell cow there, Ryan Matthews, he may have a hard time making the team. It's just going to be a numbers game after a, you know a certain point. But uh, if you look up and down the roster, I think what happens is if you look at the receiver depth they have, that'll open things up for the talent that Philadelphia has at running back. They got a real number one in Alshon Jeffrey now. I don't think Jordan Matthews was, so he goes back to the number two. And Torrey Smith and the slot, are you kidding me? That guy's still got wheels. Nelson Aguilar is still hanging around. I don't think he's got much to offer. But the guys who are going to surprise this year are the tight ends. If Zach Ertz can stay healthy, if Brett Selleck can stay healthy, and the dark horse of them all, if either one of these two guys doesn't stay healthy, is a Trey Burton. And all those things work into opening up the running game, just like the running game opens up the passing game. So if you have a complementary receiving core, you can run the ball, and you have to run the ball in the NFL. And uh, there are some guys that you could stretch for. McGarrett Blunt's definitely the touchdown league-only guy. If you've got a league where you're only getting points for touchdowns, not yardage, McGarrett Blunt's your guy. If you're in a PPR league, you want to go Sproles. And if you're in a dynasty league, you definitely want Don, Donnell Pumphrey. Well, you know, that's a lot coming from Mike Sofka and breaking it down and giving you what you have here. Pumphrey saying that he could be a play, he could be a guy out there that's going to create for you. Ryan Matthews, and I agree, he's a fumble machine, and he's he's just he's not a guy that you can lean on. And that's an issue, and it's going to come down to who can they lean on, who can they trust. There's a lot of guys on the roster right now. 
at running back for Philadelphia. There's seven right now for them to match some of the other teams that we spoke about. LeGarrette Blunt was brought there for a reason. He's a power back. He's going to be there. He's going to be a help to this team. Wendell Smallwood was a rookie last year. What he can be for them in the here and now, he's going to have some more time to show himself, but he could be the third stringer. It could be LeGarrette Blunt, Donnell Pumphrey, and then we go to Wendell Smallwood and so on and so forth from there. I anticipate Philadelphia's running game getting better. I anticipate them getting better with Nick Foles pushing Carson Wentz. And, you know, having guys like Torrey Smith and Alshon Jeffrey on the team should boost up some of these guys and should let people know, like Nelson Aguilar, that if you don't get it done, there's not going to be a spot for you on this team. Greg Ward Jr. moved to wide receiver from quarterback. He's also there on the roster for Philadelphia. He's a little slash catalyst player. Could be like a Terrell Pryor type of guy. He's a hardworking horse, so do not forget about Greg Ward Jr., even though he's low on the depth chart right now. I'm not saying fantasy football-wise just yet. I'm saying, you know, this could be a waiver guy down the road, week eight or nine, maybe, depending on where he ends up. I just say watch him in training camp and see where he goes and what he does. Is he running the ball? Is he receiving the ball? Where do they have him stacking up? I think that would be very cool to see. But I think this running game is going to get better for Philadelphia. They've waited a long time. The fans have been patiently impatient. And I think that their patience will pay off this year with having a better rushing attack. But as Mike said, that could mean that some of these guys that you're used to seeing in the backfield there, like a Ryan Matthews, you may not be seeing anymore. With that being said, we have finished up today for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora in general, as well as Fantasy Football Friday. I want to give a special thanks to Mike Sofka and for all of his expertise, all that he has done with Fantasy Football over the years, and of course, for what he offers you at Hall of Fame Fantasy Football. Dot com. That's Hall of Fame, fantasyfootball.com, guaranteeing that you make the playoffs in your fantasy football league and somebody who is constantly every single week and sometimes daily throwing information out there to you. So a lot of respect to Mike Sofka for his dedication to fantasy football, and that's why I'm very proud to have him here as a co-host. Mike, as always, thank you so much. Thank you. We'll see you next time. All right, sounds good.